on, everyone? This is Poppin' Champagne. I'm your host, Zach Perlutsky. And I'm your co-host, Jake Melnick. It's been a, a couple of weeks. Jake, how's things in the fantasy world going for you? Fantasy world, pretty good. Had a win two weeks ago. Got a tie this week. Um, solidly in a playoff spot. Can't complain. Um, we got a tight race, though, in our league. I think first through seventh are separated by a game and a half. So, you know, securely is, is relative, I guess. We love the parody, though. I kind of got an offer that I couldn't refuse. <laughs> Shout out horse. So I've kind of punted uh, this season in our league. And in my other league, first win in the last five weeks, but still holding on to a playoff spot. So I'm just going to divert all my attention to that league. I just need my 10% from that league. Just That's all I need. Reinvest. And- and then next year, you know, our league, I'm going to have a lot of top 15 all picks. The picks. So. Not as many as Sammy Rubin, but still a, still a decent amount. Shout out Sammy Rubin. All right, well, we'll oh, get right into whoa, it. Whoa, whoa. That's way too many shout outs to start the episode. You got to cool it off on the shout outs. Save them for like, you know. Mike check, Mike check. Mike check, yeah, Mike check. There we go. Got to spice it up for the people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, well, let's get right into it, Jake. Obviously, we give out players that we think are either prime to, to break out or have kind of had good runs. Obviously we're heading the last few weeks of the regular season. So for a lot of these players, you know, and, and managers and fantasy, you know, these, they got to hit on these. So we let's help some people out this week. Let's start off with you. Who's your first pick to click for the week of August 15th. Yeah. Maybe not just for this week, but, for future weeks as well. And currently only 33% owned in ESPN leagues somehow um, Jorge Mateo. So the uh, Orioles are, you know, not in a playoff spot, but fighting for one. They kind of had that run by the all-star break where they won like 11 or 12 straight. Mateo was, was kind of like, in and out of the lineup at that point. But since, you know, over the last 30 days where the Orioles have really made a statement, even after trading Mancini and, and Jorge Lopez, their lineup has been kind of carrying them. Um, Mateo has a 970 OPS, four home runs, which are a little uncharacteristic for him, five stolen bases. A guy who on the year, I think has 27 steals. So just overall, this guy is providing, you know, value in stolen bases, even if he isn't hitting home runs, but he's starting to hit the ball harder. He's starting to hit more home runs recently, at least only 33% owned. So probably out there in a decent amount of leagues. Um, yeah. I think Jorge Mateo is really solid in terms of just adding value in a lot of different categories, especially this late in the year. That's incredibly valuable. Um, also eligible in outfield, second base and shortstop. So just all over the place. I think he checks a lot of boxes, especially for a waiver pickup this late in the season. And who are, you were saying that he's in some uh, algorithm that you found his oh yeah. fantasy value over the last 30 days is better than a, a pretty good, pretty good uh, third baseman. Yeah. In our player rater, which, you know, could change depending on your league settings, but in our league settings, uh, Jorge, which is a standard five by five Roto league head to head categories. Um, Jorge Mateo is currently ahead of Nolan Arnato in the last 30 days. Now, Nolan's probably has been better in the last week. I think he's hit like five home runs this past week. Shout out horse for trading for him. Um, Got to get another shout out in there, but Jorge Mateo is still ahead of him over the last 30 days. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the stolen bases, but he's still hitting for power. So if you wanted 
a guy better than Nolan Arenado, just look to the waiver wire because he might be out there. Jorge Mateo. All right. Well, I'm going to stay on the infields, go to the other league, but stay in the Eastern Division. A guy who has come up in the last week and has just been a constant highlight reel for just how hard he hits the piss out of the ball. (laughs) We're going to the Atlanta Braves and Vaughn Grissom. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm assuming you saw the clip of him yeah. hitting his first home run, uh, first game. I don't think it was his first at bat. It was his first game, his first hit. Yeah, over the monster and just absolutely pimped the hell out of it. So it was, cool! Like, and it was imagine, awesome. Imagine hitting your first home run, first hit in the major leagues over the monster. It's fairy tale stuff. He's got two home runs in 15 at bats, and I think the second one was very similar in terms of he just absolutely annihilated the ball and Smoked wasn't it. as big of a pimp job, but definitely, you know, did a little flip and, and kind of ran the bases. I think the question for him is where's the playing time coming from? He's got consecutive starts. I mean, he's come up and he's, he started in, I believe the last five games. So he's, he's getting a chance and he's getting play time and he's hitting three thirty three slugging 800. I mean, his OPS is over 1100. Granted again, that's only over 15 at bats, but this is a guy who, you know, when you look at his minor league stats over three seasons, he's hitting or he hit in the minor leagues, assuming he doesn't go back down over 300. His OPS was 867. He had 24 home runs over 130 RBIs. And that's basically uh, a season and a half. half. Yeah. with the COVID year. Maybe He's 227 anyway. games in the, in the minors. So, yeah. you know, 162 games and, you know, I'm not great at math, but, but that's what that is. So I think he's somebody who, you know, I feel like you, you know, you talk about like somebody like Michael Harris, who like just came up with the Braves. This Grissom kid is another top prospect of this organization that won the world series last year. Obviously, you know, Albies is out, you know, who knows when he's coming back. Arcia's out. That's why he got the opportunity, but RC is out. But I mean, you know, the question is if he has one bad week or if he has one bad series, does he, does he get on the bench or do they let him go? Because I mean, you look at some of the names on that team, you got Swanson who's, you know, should have been an all-star this year. Riley Acuna Olsen, you know, Michael Harris, you're not going to say him. William Contreras, you're, you know, he's, you're not probably not going to sit him either. So that's my one question, but this is a guy who's taking the league by storm. I think 21% owned in ESPN leagues, 20% of those 21 got him in the last two days. So <laughs> people are taking notice. And if you're in a league where people haven't taken a notice, maybe you should take, take notice. notice. Yeah, no, I think the playing time is really going to stem from whenever Albies comes back one. And then two, like if he does have a bad week and Arcia does get put back on the roster after his injury, like I don't think Arcia is out for as long as Albies will be. It will be interesting to see what they do. They're really shallow right now in middle infield. I think they they wanted to make another move there at the deadline. I just don't think it was there. Like, I think Whit Merrifield made a lot of sense for them, and they just didn't end up getting him and went to Toronto. So they must have just thought that this Grissom guy was maybe a, a short-term answer with uh, Albies being out. But, yeah, I think when the injuries come – when the injuries, stopping injuries for those guys that we mentioned, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, who knows? Maybe he plays himself into a spot. The Braves have called up two guys now from double A this year, and both of them immediately started making an impact. So 
And I mean, there's what, three, four weeks left in the regular season for most leagues, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, all he's got to do is be good for that long. You got in the playoffs, anything can happen. Yep. So if you're fighting for a spot and you're desperate for some power. Middle infield. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, how many, and how many, those are guys. So. All right. Grissom. All right. I got another guy um, by the name of MJ Melendez currently 33% owned as well. So him and Mateo like on the same roster ship, I guess, maybe just on the same teams at 33%. Um, currently eligible at catcher outfield. DH, if you have a DH only spot. Um, the reason I bring him up now versus in the past one, he's starting to hit a little bit more over the last 30 days. OPS um, over 850, has five home runs. Um, you know, his counting stats are pretty good 13 runs, 16 RBIs. The real reason I'm bringing it up now, not just because of his stats, is also because of his playing time. And I think his issue was when Salvador Perez came back and they still had with Merrifield, they didn't have really a spot every day for Melendez. He was hitting pretty well with um, Perez out. Um, it wasn't like anything to write home about. It wasn't crazy, but he was doing a decent job filling in. Um, and then Merrifield gets traded and kind of Melendez starts hitting immediately after that happens and is kind of stuck into the lineup. And not just stuck in the lineup, um, he's playing more outfield. So he's kind of taking that Merrifield position and batting lead off. So like all the above. I know the Royals don't have the most electric offense, but he's hitting in front of guys like Bobby Witt, Perez, um, Pascantino is another one of their prospects who they call up who, you know, has struggled a little bit, but starting to turn it up a bit lately. So the top five in that lineup are very, uh, I'd say they're, they're MLB players. Like they, they can, they can get the job done. Him scoring runs shouldn't be an issue from the top of that lineup. So if you're looking for runs, maybe a little bit of power out of the catcher position, also outfield, but you know, catcher can be shallow in some places. Uh, maybe look at him for the last stretch run of a fantasy regular season. All right. For my last guy, I'm going to go pitching somebody who is not a sexy name. He's not on a sexy team. He's not some young hot prospect who's coming up, but he's a guy who's having his best year in the major leagues and is trending upwards. I'm going with the Kansas City Royals starting pitcher Brady Singer. Wow. Wow. Great Sunday, energy. which is tonight when we're recording this, he just snapped the Dodgers 12 game winning streak. Was it a 12 game? Was it a 13 game winning streak? I don't know, but he spun a gem. It was a long no winning streak. Six innings, one hit, three walks, seven Ks. His last six starts. He's only allowed one earned run in or more, more than one earned run in one of those last six starts. And in every start, he's gone at least six innings. Yeah. So this is a guy who over the last handful of starts, ERA under two whip under one. Now the wins might not be there because he's on the Royals, but wins, you know, in some leagues, it, Wins not even a category, and I think in other leagues, wins. I mean, you could get five reliever wins in one day, as we've seen. Yeah, you know, wins is just such a such a fluky thing. So I wouldn't pay too much attention about that. I mean, Jacob Degrom doesn't get a lot of wins, but are you going to pass up Jacob Degrom right now? But he strikes out everyone. So, so Brady Singer is a guy who's trending upwards. Obviously, the Royals, in terms of what do they have to play for the rest of the year, probably not much. But listen to the the last five teams he's played. 
the Dodgers on Sunday, the White Sox, the White Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays. And in those five starts, he's given up a combined six earned runs. Yeah. And he's gone, again, six innings and in at least all of those. His K's, seven Sunday, six against the White Sox, three. He gets, so that's his outlier, you know, four yeah. runs, only three K's. But against the Yankees, 10 strikeouts back when the Yankees had, you know, were rolling mm-hmm. before whatever the hell happened to them. And then 12 K's against the race. So Brady Singer, if you're looking for some starting pitching depth, close out the regular season. I don't think you have to look much further than him. Owned in 35 and a half percent of his families. So you're saying he's better than DeGrom? No. You want to just trade me DeGrom then? Because you can just pick up Brady Singer right now. He's your guy. Sure. Okay. Give me Jose Ramirez and Bryce Harper. I'll just, you know, I'll just give you like, you know, a 10th round draft pick. We'll call it a day. Nobody will say anything. Trade deadline has passed. I'm sorry. Oh, darn. Good try though. Maybe next year. I'll ask every year until he retires. All right. So those are our players. Jake, I know that there's one more baseball related subject you wanted to touch on. Something that we uh, were texting about on Friday. Your thoughts on Fernando Tatis Jr. having ringworm. I mean, I feel bad for I mean, the guy. It's terrible. First of all, yeah, has has an illness. I don't even tease you know and peas out to Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, like don't don't know how to like classify what ringworm is. Is it like an infection? I don't know. But you know, feel bad for that piece. Um, the other thing though is just what I don't even know what their agent or the team was thinking when they put out the statement because the drug he was taking and the drug that they say he's supposed to treat ring ringworm aren't even the same drug. It's like one is a steroid and one isn't. So the whole thing is just a mess. The Padres, all their players and including their GM are just talking, you know, poorly about Tatis in front of the media. So this whole situation just looks a little weird. Um, yeah. I think the Padres might have seen this coming. They traded for Soto pretty aggressively. So maybe they knew. Who knows, but Tatis out for the season. If you had him, probably shouldn't have kept him this year, but you know, you can't just drop Tatis. But right now, by the time he comes back, won't be playing for 19 months. Yeah. And he's out. I think depending on how I'm a little hazy about how their playoff run affects it. I've seen reports where, you know, playoff games, even though he's ineligible, count towards the 80 games. I've seen reports where it doesn't, so I don't I know. I think it does because exactly. he's ineligible for the postseason. Like, I think Cano a couple years back, when I don't think the Mets made the playoffs that year, but he got suspended for 80 games, and then he was ineligible for the playoffs, came back during the season, and couldn't play in the playoffs. So I, I, I guess I don't – Well, think. I think he can – I think if the Padres make the playoffs next year, he can play. Right, yeah. No, I'm saying he's ineligible for – Obviously, he's ineligible this year. But he's yeah. guaranteed to miss at least – I think at least a month next year. Yep, yep. Could be more depending on so if he does – if he gets, you know, another he, terrible disease that he needs to take. You know, here's a good question. For. Do you keep him in a league where you have limited keepers and you might have other options? Because he's going to miss a month minimum – won't have played for 19 months at that point. I get he's probably a top 10. I think if it's I think if it's a league where it's kind of like you you have keepers, but you can only keep them for a certain amount of years, mm-hmm. it would depend on, you know, if that's the last year you can keep them, maybe just dump them. But if you're in a dynasty league where you can keep them until he retires or yeah. 
you know, like gets in another motorcycle accident and is unable to play baseball, I'd probably just keep him. Yeah. What I wouldn't do is drop him. Yeah, you can't. And then just try and re-pick him up because somebody else would probably try and pick him up. Yeah, like if you dropped him, he wouldn't just sit on the waiver wire. And you couldn't expect anybody to not pick him up because like somebody would want to get him for the next year, especially in a keeper league. Now this year, it's a a redraft league that would never, you could just drop him. Like don't keep him on your roster in a redraft league. But like if you could just, if you could just like drop players who are suspended, like I'd have kept Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Three years, you know, three years ago. I just, he would just be on my a wasted phantom, roster phantom, phantom roster right now. Just sit yeah. on the waiver wire waiting for him to he, get signed if he ever gets signed. That's he's based Tatis for next year's base. If he's in a keeper league, is basically a prospect. It's like you're holding on to a prospect. Like that's the equivalent. It's like a guy who's not playing this year, but like next year could light it up. That's what it is. I don't it's, know. A pretty, it's a pretty good prospect. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's proven to be good, but that's when he's been on the field and he hasn't will be almost two years again by the time he's on the field again. So Question though, another question, not to take this any further, but would you rather have Bobby Witt Jr. right now or Tatis? Bobby Witt's had a pretty good stretch the last couple months. Also young, also one of the top prospects in baseball. I think it's. I don't know. Are you going just like everything or just like baseball? Ability? I'm just thinking like as a keeper in an endless dynasty league, I have both as my options. One I know might not be playing for the first month next year. The other I know will be. Well, you don't know that, but. Yeah, I mean, like, okay. He could, I mean, he could get hurt in spring training. True, I mean, there's no true. there's no guarantees. With injuries aside, who are you taking in that? I don't know. Probably Tatis. Just. Based on pedigree? Yeah, I mean, he's. He, I think he's done a lot more than Bobby Witt Jr. has done. I won't disagree with that. That's for sure. He's done more. More drugs too. He's done more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> more joy riding on his motorcycle. Yeah, but we actually don't know if Bobby Witt's done less drugs. We just, you know, maybe he's masking it better. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we can move on. No, I just had a couple right. questions. <laughs> All right. Well, we're at a great time of the year where football's coming around. Let's go. Training camp started. We got the first preseason games underway. Go so I think it's time we start talking a little fantasy football for the people. Yeah. He, Zach, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do, do the, does St. Louis have a football team? Just curious. I see the St. Louis flag behind you just asking about their football team. Oh, they don't? Got it. Okay. Uh, we can move on. Thanks. Just to I'd rather not have a team that have the Chicago Bears and the uh, double doink. You know what? I'd rather have no emotion than have to go through the double doink again. Also, I a St. Louis football team won a world a Super Bowl in my lifetime, and that's sad because there's not even a St. Louis football team anymore. That's true. You make that's that's so sad for the Bears fans. You know, the Bears might not even have a home next year. Like they just might move to Arlington Heights and not exist in Chicago anymore. So we might not have a team to root for either. Maybe I shouldn't even brought it up, but we can talk about fantasy now. Sorry, I just had to ask that too. All right. Well, this week. obviously training camps are in full swing, but we're going to start. We're going to kind of be talking about this for the next few weeks before the season starts. But we want to start with some players that we think are primed to bounce back or breakouts. Players who might have had down 2021 seasons, players who might be coming on the scene for the first time that we think are are, are going to win your league championship. Jake. Who are some uh, breakout stars you're looking for in okay. the NFL this season? 
He already broke out, but not for fantasy purposes. So I think it kind of counts. Uh, Gabriel Davis for the uh, Bills, I think, is going to have a monster year. Like, this is – he had four touchdowns in that last game against Kansas City in that playoff game. And I, I had a stat from – The Athletic had an article where they have a stat about Gabriel Davis. His touchdown rate was 18.6% last year. Mike Evans – who had Tom Brady was 18.9. So Gabriel Davis, who, you know, probably wasn't as widely owned, broke out in the, in the postseason. Uh, the Bills will be down um, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. So target share should go up. I don't know if his touchdown rate will stay the same if his target share is going up, but I just think that the connection between him and Allen is undeniable. You can't, you can't like coach that. They just seem to know where each – others going to be in a certain play at any given time. Um, so, yeah, I think Gabriel Davis primed to be maybe a wide receiver one this year. I think definitely top 20 wide receiver easily, but yeah, on an offense like that should be a pretty solid play. I think someone who's, and I don't even know if you would call this a breakout year because he had a good year. He's had a good career, but Derek Carr quarterback of the Vegas Raiders I mean, all you have to do is, I mean, he added arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL in his prime. Yep. He's in a division where they're going to have to throw a lot. I mean, it's probably the best division in football. West coast offenses, man. You got the chiefs, you get the chargers, you get the, the Brock. I mean, look at the court. I mean, the quarterbacks in that division, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Derek's probably like, the fourth best by pedigree and all that stuff. But, but I mean, second he's biggest got contract, the second biggest contract. So. And he's got the best wide receiver in the division. True. I'd give you that. Now that Tyreek Hill is gone. Do you not like Keenan Allen? I, I not, like Keenan Allen, but I don't think he's as good as Devonte Adams. That's true. Like I was a bad, that was a bad comment. Like, so I think Derek Carr is somebody who, you know, new offense, new coach, new toy as a wide receiver. They could have some fun in Vegas this year. Are you, a lot of high expectations. I didn't see them on the field in the preseason games. You know, maybe those reps are important. You know, new players, hopefully they're on the backfields doing stuff instead of just like laughing on the sidelines. There's a, lot of, a lot of smiling going on. So maybe there's good things happening on the sidelines and in the backfields. But yeah, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, that should be fun. Question though, another question. Does um, not having Aaron Rodgers break Devontae Adams? Was Aaron Rodgers the reason Devontae Adams was really good? Probably not the whole reason. I mean, he's probably part of the reason, but. Yeah, I just don't know if Derek Carr is like the same. I mean, we'll find out. Like, you know, even if Devontae Adams is 75% of the player, is he still kind of that player that you draft in the first round? Because that's kind of where he was going in last year's draft. Well, we're not talking about Devontae. We're talking about Derek Carr. We're not talking about Devontae Adams. I understand, but, you know, they, they are related. You know, if Derek Carr, if Devontae Adams has a bad year, I would pretty much guarantee you Derek Carr is not having his best year either. That's fair. Okay, good, good talk. Yeah, I like that talk. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I got to, I got to, I'll talk about that one next episode. Next week? Yeah, we'll get back to everyone next week. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, another guy that I, I don't necessarily love, so I'm not even sure why we're talking about him, but I'm going to bring him up anyway. But I kind of like, um, didn't play last year because of an injury, but 
going to Jacksonville, Travis Etienne. And I know they got Trevor Lawrence and they're probably going to throw the ball a decent amount. Um, but still young quarterback, maybe they don't go the like pass heavy offense route right away. Um, James Robinson is still there. I know that James Robinson is also coming off a major injury. If James Robinson is able to play, I don't foresee him being able to play full snaps. And I think that Travis Etienne is talented enough to overtake James Robinson in that backfield. I also don't get why Urban Meyer drafted Travis Etienne when he had James Robinson. Maybe he foresaw this injury happening, but he hated James Robinson. I, I, he probably I, still hates James, Rob, James I, Robinson. I understand, but it just didn't make sense. They should both, they're both really good backs. I think James Robinson still has a lot in him. I know it's an Achilles injury. Sometimes those end careers. Some guys are never the same. Cam Akers is another one coming back and people are saying he looks great. So maybe James Robinson is the same, but um, James Robinson won't be the pass catching back. I don't think, I think ETN will take that role. So if they do end up going pass heavy, ETN's probably going to have a little bit more of a snap or snap share. I don't know how that backfield's going to play out, but you know, if you're willing to take a risk early in the draft, um, Earlier than others, it might pay off. If you're saying you want to be a little risk adverse, probably avoid. But uh, I think he has the potential to really break out and take over that backfield. And a counterpoint to what you were talking about with Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, not playing the preseason, getting those reps. They mean, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne Jr. have plenty of reps together. That's a good point. They were college teammates. And his last season as a Tiger down in the upstate of South Carolina – ETN led the country in receiving yards and second in receptions among running backs. So he's already got that rapport with Trevor Lawrence. And they have Doug Peterson as their coach. I feel like, I feel like this is better than urban Meyer, like infinitely better. Like it doesn't even matter who the coach is, but Doug Peterson, uh, a guy who's been around uh, the NFL for a little bit, I think we'll know what to be, what to do with that type of talent nurture it so to speak yeah i mean i don't think either of us are saying that the jaguars are gonna win the super bowl this year but hey whoa maybe they do do you not we can't we can't tell that i'd love to see the odds i'm gonna i'm gonna actually look the, look up the odds on DraftKings on that right now while, while you do that um i'll bring up another guy who might be in a time split uh Brees hall for the jets now i think this play I know Michael Carter's still there. So again, another maybe split backfield. Um, Michael Carter gets injured. Brees Hall gets more opportunity. Maybe that happens. I think if, do we know if Zach Wilson's hurt? Like out for the year hurt? No, I think it was like, uh, he could come back for the first week. It was like two to four weeks. Okay, well, so he'll be back early in the season. I don't love But Joe Flacco's elite, you know. Yeah, well, I don't love that. As Zach much. Wilson's elite as well. Yeah, well, they both are. But I think, you know, maybe they would have gone after Jimmy Garoppolo if he was out for the year. Rumor is the Browns might go after him if whenever this Deshaun Watson ruling comes down. That works really well in the way that Jimmy Garoppolo operated in the 49ers offense. A lot of running. So I think that's a decent fit too. But yeah, if the Jets got a competent quarterback, I kind of like Brees Hall better. But um, hearing that, Michael Carter was still a really solid play when he was kind of the, I wouldn't say bell cow of that backfield last year, but when he got the majority of the snaps, he was pretty good. He had a few weeks where he just stole the show. Uh, Brees Hall is pretty talented too. If he gets a lot of playing time and the majority of snaps could end up 
doing something similar, even in an offense that was a little anemic with Zach Wilson last year. I think that could be a good pick. I think I'm going to go for my next player, Rashad Bateman. Oh, I nailed that. I nailed that. Listen, Marquise Brown had 23% target share in Baltimore. That's gone. Yep. See you later. Lamar. He's looking pretty good. Needs yeah. Lamar Rashad Bateman. Needs. Stonks are going up for Rashad Bateman. He was I, I he could be there at number one. Him and Mark Andrews be. could take him to the promised land. Yeah, I I don't hate it. My thing on Rashad Bateman was all I heard last year was Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman. And it really because I like have not heard of Rashad Bateman. I, I didn't even like pay attention to him last year. Like I don't know who he oh, is. Okay, well, all I knew was he was the guy everyone thought was going to be the guy it's outside of Mark Andrews there. And Hollywood Brown, I feel like never got the attention he deserved. And he was pretty, he was solid for them in the first half of that year, kind of tailored off, tapered off towards the end. But yeah, Bateman never, I think took the next step last year. I think you're right. Like without Brown, maybe this is the time for him. More targets. Number one guy outside of Andrews. I think Andrews will kind of always be the outlet for Lamar, just the way he plays. A lot, a lot of scrambling, a lot of running. So I have, I have bad news. I have an update on the Jags Super Bowl odds, and oh, I have no. bad news for you. No, stop it. That's They're higher than the Bears odds. Oh no! <laughs> you never know. Plus you know? thirteen thousand for the Jags. They, they have better odds win the Super Bowl than the Texans, the Falcons, the Bears, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Jets. So they have better like odds that. than six NFL teams. I like their odds. I mean, this was a team that was in the AFC Championship game four yeah. years ago. Yeah, with 20, uh, they played uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, Blake Bortles was their quarterback. Blake, well, yeah, I was I was trying to think of who could be that team. That was a defensive minded. That was a def- that was a defense, but still, yeah, they've I, been there more recently than the Lions and the Jets and the Bears. And the Texans. The Bears are on a lot of lists that aren't good to be on. I'm not surprised by any of that. Hey, undefeated in the preseason, though. Yeah, talk about undefeated. The Ravens undefeated for, like, the last 21 preseason games. It's like an active streak going on. Do you think they try harder because they have 21 wins in a row in the preseason? Do you think that they just go out there thinking, we need to win now? I don't know, but should we hammer a bet that they're going to win the next game? I think you hammered like, the other way. No, you're not hammering the other way. How much money? How much response? How much money would be responsible to put on the Ravens winning this next preseason game? Not anything I above two dollars is just you're just waste. You're just throwing away money. Preseason I mean, football. Twenty-one wins in a row in the preseason, pre-season football. Is it twenty or twenty-one? It's twenty. Either way, it's crazy. Twenty-one. They haven't lost, I think, since 2016 in the preseason. Let's see. They're minus seven. Oh, no, that's never mind. I guess they're I don't even know if they have second a, and third team, fourth team of whoever they're playing. These are just regular season. I don't know where I can find playoff stuff. Who has a really good stuff. backup quarterback? That's what we need to know. If they're playing them, you can't do it. The Bears, Trevor Simeon. I don't know. Who's Who even QB? Who's even the, the Ravens backup QB? I don't even know. Uh Huntley. Oh, he's pretty good. I, if he's still there, he was last year. This is a solid episode yeah, no, of research that we've done. We know what we're doing. Don't you worry. 
Anyway, anything else, Jake? Drew Rasmussen. I guess we got basketball coming back up. No, too. we don't. Uh, hockey. Hockey. We like hockey. Robin Leonard's out for the year. Vegas is just a com- yeah. comedy of errors. Max Pacioretty things out for like six months too. Vegas, they burned all their luck in that first season. That magical run. It just like it. Just, they, they. It was awesome, but you knew that it was going to come back around. You just don't get that kind of luck and it not come back around. Hockey's fun. The the Hawks are going to suck, so that will not be fun. But you know, I'll watch other teams. I'll root, maybe I'll root for the Blues this year. Just like the switching. Blues are like one of four teams that got worse. So I it, wouldn't. I wouldn't. This wouldn't be the week. I don't think to jump on the. Whoa, 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 whoa. jump on the bandwagon maybe i'll jump on it and i'll bring the energy they need <clears throat> i can never do that though it won't be the blues don't worry i can, i could never do that well i'm not worried well you seem worried um really quick drew rasmussen almost threw a perfect game today didn't talk about that but that almost happened our guy Congrats jorge, to him. jorge mateo broke it up so pick up jorge mateo that's called bringing back everything t- tying everything back together zach Congrats to Jorge Mateo and Drew Rasmussen. Great outing. Yeah, that's all I have. All right. Well, next week we're going to do a mailbag. So if you have any questions you want answered, fantasy-related, sports-related, if you want to know how Jake's wedding playing is going with about three to four weeks left. That's happening too. Good life update. Well, my RSVP was a confirmed God. So yeah, I will be there. Again, mailbag, send your emails to poppinchampagne64 at gmail.com. Again, that's P-O-P-P-I-N-C-H-A-M-P-A-G-N-E-6-4 at gmail.com. Again, follow us on Twitter. We're at PC Fantasy Sports. Until next time, I'm Zach Perlutsky. And I'm Jake Melnick. Have a good week.